This is Under the Dawn. On today's episode, we're taking a look at what's happening in North Carolina politics for the week of Monday, July 26th. Hello and welcome to Under the Dome, the News and Observer's political podcast. This is Will Doran from the NNO here to talk with you about what is going on this week in North Carolina politics. Usually we tell you about things that are happening at the legislature, but this week there's going to be basically nothing happening at the legislature. Um, I think there are a couple committees that are slated to meet, but uh, there will be few, if any, votes on anything taken. Um, And the reason for that is a lot of the top Republicans are going to be headed to Utah uh, for the National ALEC conference at the end of the week. Um, ALEC is the conservative group that helps write sample legislation for Republicans across the country to file in their home states. Um, This is on both hot button issues as well as not so hot button issues, uh, maybe lukewarm button issues uh, if those exist. Uh, Things like regulatory reform, uh, which are of course very important, even if they don't really make uh, the splashy headlines that some other stuff makes. So they're going out there to do some networking, to do some talking about uh, state legislative issues for fellow Republicans, um, and it's going to be pretty much empty at the legislature, not a whole lot going on. Um, But one thing um, that I think will be a huge topic of discussion this week, if not the legislature, at least at school boards and around kitchen tables, is a proposal to completely overhaul the way that high school sports are run in North Carolina. Um, So I'm going to be talking about that a little bit on this podcast. One thing that I won't be talking about, except for a few seconds right now, is the state budget. Uh, There is still no news on that front, uh, even though we are nearly a month into the new fiscal year. Uh, (laughs) So the budget won't be coming this week. It probably won't be coming next week either. Um, Obviously, the Senate has already passed their version of the budget, uh, but the House hasn't even filed theirs yet, let alone passed it. Um, We've heard that the House will probably roll theirs out in the second week of August, uh, knock on wood. Obviously, some things could happen and change between now and then, but uh, second week of August is what we're looking at now. And it's probably going to be different from the Senate's version. Um, Hopefully, it's different if they're taking so much time (laughs) to write about it, to write it up. Um, So assuming that the two chambers do end up passing different versions of the budget, uh, then they're going to have to go into even further negotiations, which are going to take more time. And if they want to include Governor Roy Cooper's people in those discussions to try to avoid a potential veto from the governor, that could take even longer. Um, So, you know, definitely a few more weeks, uh, maybe a month or more, a couple months at the rate they've been going so far till we see a budget. Um, In general, uh, I, I think the hope at least in my own heart, uh, but I think around the legislature too, uh, is that they get the budget done before they need to get started with redistricting. Um, That is going to take up everybody's attention and is just going to be nothing but redistricting, I I believe is the plan. Uh, Once that gets started uh, later this fall, the new census data is coming out at the end of September, uh, which is required to do uh, redistricting. And so that's happening late September. Then just two months later, in early December, you have candidate filing starts. Uh, And so obviously the redistricting needs to be done before then. Um, 
So ideally the budget would also be done before redistricting starts. You know, I don't think anybody wants to still be in session at Thanksgiving. Um, hopefully by that time of year, our uh, podcasts here get at least a little bit more boring for you guys. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we are not still in session at Thanksgiving, uh, but we'll see. Uh, with a late breaking budget plus redistricting coming up, this is uh, really a, a pretty unique year. Uh, so uh, we will cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but none of that is happening this week, so let's get back to the big news that is moving forward, uh, which is that Republican lawmakers want to blow up the North Carolina High School Sports Association. Uh, that is an independent group that has run high school sports uh, here for the last 100 plus years, uh, but they want to replace it with a new group made up of political appointees uh, instead of the current system in which it has its own independent status, hires its own staff, um, and obviously is not run uh, by state elected leaders. Um, the legislators' political takeover of the boards governing the UNC system and individual public universities around the state has been a hot topic lately. Obviously, uh, you know, that has involved everything from the scandal surrounding the semi-secret gift of two and a half million dollars to the Sons of Confederate Veterans in the wake of a Confederate statue being pulled down at UNC, which a judge did later overrule, saying it had no legal basis to it, uh, to other things like allegations of political meddling in the hiring and firing of chancellors at ECU and Western Carolina. And now following the Nicole Hannah Jones controversy, potentially we've been following in Chapel Hill as well. Uh, my colleague Kate Murphy has been writing several stories about uh, the potential impending doom of the chancellor in Chapel Hill, uh, although uh, he's, he still has his job currently. Uh, but there are a lot of rumors flying around about that. So that's another story to be paying attention to. Um, but except for that, most of that is old news. Uh, the new news here is the legislature setting its sights on the HSAA, um, although I should note um, that unlike the university boards where they have given themselves a lot of power, uh, they're not proposing that in, in this new proposal. Uh, they're actually proposing to give the governor, uh, a Democrat, Roy Cooper, a majority of the 17 seats on the governing board that they want to create. Um, so Cooper would be able to pick nine of those 17 seats and then the legislature would get to pick the other eight of the 17. Um, so, you know, not playing as much of hardball with Cooper there as they have with uh, university governance. Um, maybe that's intended to see if he'll actually sign it instead of vetoing it. Um, but I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. First, let's ask why even change the setup at all? You know, like I said, that the NCHSAA, sorry, that acronym is a mouthful. Uh, they've been running high school athletics here for over 100 years. Um, and this kind of just came up all of a sudden. Uh, they didn't even file a separate bill. They just took an old bill and did what they call a gut and amend, which is where you send it to a committee, erase what was in the bill, replace it with this new language. Um, and it's just, you know, that, that has been one of the Democrats' complaints so far is that this sort of came out of nowhere, is moving very fast. Um, but Republicans are standing by it saying that, you know, they just they feel the time is right. Um, some of it comes down to money. The NCHSAA apparently has around $40 million in the bank. Um, that, of course, would be a nice prize for any group of politicians to get their hands on and be able to spread around and 
key important districts. Um, of course, nobody wants to put it quite that way. Um, the at least publicly, the official reasoning is that lawmakers think that the association is being too stingy with its money and holding too much in reserve. Um, and that in turn is causing high schools to have to pay too much in fees. Uh, they think that individual schools should be paying less in fees if you know the association does have all of these millions of dollars in the bank. Um, I have to say this is maybe a bit of a head scratcher for some of y'all. Uh, coming from the GOP, the party that has rightfully held themselves up as the, you know, really creators and stewards of big rainy day funds for state government in general. Um, for instance, GOP lawmakers cut unemployment benefits back in 2013, specifically in order to create a large savings reserve uh, that has since grown to several billion dollars just sitting in the bank, uh, obviously more than the $40 million that they are taking issue here with the sports association. Um, and, you know, with that unemployment money, uh, while that does kind of continue to be unpopular with Democrats, that Republicans are sitting on such a large reserve there, it did absolutely help North Carolina avoid needing to panic when COVID-19 hit and unemployment skyrocketed uh, because they had that big unemployment savings fund. North Carolina didn't have to tap into other sources of funding uh, when, you know, when all those people started filing for unemployment uh, because of COVID-19. Uh, some states did, uh, but here we actually now have an unexpectedly high surplus for the budget that's coming up. Uh, so there are certainly arguments that GOP lawmakers can and have been making in, front of the, in favor of the savings reserves. Uh, but they are not happy with the Sports Association and its savings reserve. Uh, they said in a recent meeting uh, that every high school in the entire state could save several thousand dollars a year uh, if only the association would spend down those savings instead of charging the high schools the fees. Uh, Senator Todd Johnson, who's a Republican from Union County, uh, said uh, the News Observer quoted, quote, the schools are being basically bludgeoned with these exorbitant fees and requirements on equipment and requirements on purchases, end quote. Uh, so obviously the money has been a big angle there. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of high school athletic directors who would like to save a few thousand bucks a year and be able to reinvest that somewhere else. But also, as they say, all politics are local. And I think we can agree there aren't many things more local than high school football. And that seems to be a big impetus behind this bill. Specifically, in 2019, Anson High School's football team was having a great season. It's a rural area on the South Carolina border between Charlotte and Fayetteville, and they had just won their first conference championship in a decade. As you can imagine, that is a big deal. They were flying high coming off this conference championship, but then in a game against neighboring Richmond County, some players got in a fight. What happened? The NCHSAA banned them from the playoffs that year. Now, looking at the list of this bill's main, main backers, you see one name, which is Republican Senator Tom McInnes. He represents, you guessed it, Anson County, as well as Richmond County and some other neighboring areas. Uh, and in March, he began a formal inquiry into that game and the NCHSAA's decisions uh, about the ban from the playoffs for the school. That led to a hearing at the legislature, and now that has led to this bill. Uh, for anyone who is more interested in the details there, 
Uh, Nick Stevens, who runs the highschoolot.com blog for WRL, has done a ton of great reporting on that. Uh, so go there and check that out uh, if you do want to get more info there. There's obviously a ton to go into that I'm just, you know, skating over here for time. Uh, but uh, it, it certainly seems to be a, a key factor in this bill. Um, there are also, we need to note, some kind of touchy social issues at play here that can't be ignored. Very recently, the Sports Association voted to put a framework in place to let transgender students play sports as the gender they identify as, as long as they can prove that they are legitimately transgender. Uh, They also have an appeals process where other schools can fight that and say, oh, you know, we don't think that this is true when the school is actually just trying to get a competitive advantage. Um, But even still, even with allowing for those kinds of appeals, that still has just infuriated Republican lawmakers. Um, earlier this year, they filed a bill to address that. It would ban uh, specifically transgender girls from playing girls' sports. Um, and more than half of the Republicans in the House have signed on to that as sponsors or co-sponsors. Uh, they actually filed it uh, this spring. Uh, they waited until the exact fifth anniversary of HB2 to file it. Um, and however, despite the widespread support for it in the GOP, and perhaps because uh, Republican leadership remembers what happened after they did pass HB2 in 2016, that bill has gone nowhere. Uh, but even if that bill isn't advancing, it's still obviously clear that Republicans are angry uh, with the NCHSAA over that decision uh, for transgender students. Um, I asked some of the bill sponsors at the time whether it had actually happened, whether any trans girls had ever been allowed to play girls sports. Um, and this was a couple months ago, uh, towards the end of last school year. They said that they didn't know of any uh, actually ever being allowed, uh, but they just, they did not want the rules for it to be in place. They said they feared it would only be a matter of time before it ever actually happened. So they wanted to get that bill passed before it did. Um, So there's clearly that aspect to this. Uh, The other piece, which um, again, to reference high school OT and Nick Stevens, uh, they've reported on at length is potentially racism. For basically the entire 108-year history of this organization, it has been run by white men. But in 2015, the group named a black woman, Q Tucker, to be its new leader. She's a former NC State assistant basketball coach under Kay Yao. Before that, she had coached high school basketball and volleyball um, and has basically just been involved in athletics her entire life as both an athlete and a coach. Um, Now that the group is under fire, she has been explicit that she thinks they are only being targeted, or I shouldn't say only, but they are at least partially being targeted because of her race and gender. Uh, The savings fund that lawmakers uh, are focusing their ire on now was started nearly 30 years ago, she said, by one of her predecessors who was a white man. And it continued growing in the decades since then under the leadership of more white men who she said were never questioned about it. Uh, But as soon as she took over, Uh, She notes lawmakers suddenly have problems with it and want to haul her in for investigations, for hearings and questioning, and now want to just completely end the organization um, and put it under more political control. She told High School OT, and I quote, quote, I think there are people who, when they see an African-American female or an African-American male, for that matter, sitting at the top of an organization, that frustrates some people. She later said, 
I'm not going to mince words. I do believe that plays into it. How much? I don't know. So clearly, she's not saying that race is the only reason why this exists, but she is very clearly saying that she thinks it's at least a piece of it. So is this about race? Is this about letting transgender girls play girls' sports? Is it about money? Is it about a fight at an Anson County football game two years ago? Maybe it's all of that. Maybe it's only parts of it. Uh, so far, we've seen Democrats have been reluctant to go along with these changes. Uh, they're saying that it happens to just be going too fast. And even though the bill would give the majority of this new board that it would create, uh, it would give that to the governor, who's a Democrat. Democrats have, like I said, not really been too eager to go for this. Uh, however, if Republicans want to pass it, they definitely have the numbers in both chambers to do so. So the big question becomes whether Governor Cooper would veto it. And if he does veto it, then the question becomes whether Republicans could pick off a few Democrats uh, who they need to override the veto. And they wouldn't need very many Democratic votes, uh, really just a, a handful in both chambers, uh, depending on the numbers who are there on the given day when the vote happens. Um, and you know, the promise of more money for local schools could be enticing to some Democrats, especially if they expect their district to be competitive in 2022, you know, to be able to hit the campaign trail and tell people, you know, hey, I'm responsible for the football team's new helmets, uh, for the new nets on the volleyball team's courts, uh, things like that. So, you know, it's, it's definitely something that could happen. Uh, we're still in the early stages this week, uh, but we are going to be keeping an eye on it as it develops. Uh, definitely a, a potential huge change to high school sports in North Carolina if it were to go through. And uh, yeah, it's something that people are going to be watching very, very closely, I think, in just about every corner of the state. So until next time, thank you for listening. This has been Will Doran for the News and Observer. Uh, please, as always, send us your tips, your story ideas, your feedback, your whatever else to dome at newsobserver.com. That is D-O-M-E at newsobserver.com. Thanks. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for her weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.